The impudence, the audacity, the unmitigated gall of those knuckleheads of liberty podcasters daring to voice opinions outside the mainstream of accepted thought. Listen, if you dare, it's angry, it's funny, it's even sometimes sad, but it's always based on freedom and justice, as you will see. Here's our host, Jason McPhee. Welcome to the Knuckleheads of Liberty. We are coming at you on uh, August 10th, 2022. And again, it's, uh, boy, I tell you, every day of this Biden administration, it just keeps getting worse and worse. And I wish we could stop talking about him, but uh, <laughs> he just keeps shoving his boot down on us. Uh, but before we get into any of that, let me introduce you to our panel. In our upper left-hand corner, we have our screaming eagle of freedom, Tim Everett. He is a pilot in the state of California. In our upper right-hand corner, we have Leon, the word Brathwaite, last word in Liberty. He is a retired engineer in the state of California. My name is Jason McPhee, and I'll be your host today. Uh, so this uh, episode sort of focused on government chips and dips. And <laughs> I tell you, um, uh, the uh, first thing is this whole chips thing. I, I tell you, with Taiwan uh, so pressing on everybody's mind and the idea of a potential invasion um, from China, or at the very least, a disruption of the chips that are produced in Taiwan from making it out to the rest of the world. Um, it's got the United States lawmakers thinking about, well, uh, why don't we make those things here? So they're uh, putting aside a bunch of money to uh, to do that. And um, it's... <clears throat> Well, it's, it's one of these government things. I mean, for a libertarian, how much should government be involved in uh, funding things like this? Uh, you know, I mean, obviously, we uh, most libertarians, uh, I think, are who are not anarcho-libertarians are at the very least okay with uh, government having an army to defend us. Um, does this sort of fall in that? I mean, if, uh, if all the chips are coming from someplace that might be captured by your enemy, should we be doing something about it? And if we do do it, is that still going to result in chips that are worth a damn <laughs> you know, government is behind them? Uh, or is it just going to result in a lot of mismanagement of things? And, and uh, one other point on that as well, uh, Reason had uh, something out as well that said, hey, if, even if you fund this CHIPS Act, um, you may not have the talent here to, to work on that because of our immigration restrictions on some of the people who are actually the, the knowledgeable people we might want here working on that. So anyways, what, what do you guys think about this whole whole CHIPS Act? Well, I, Tim, I, Tim, where did it go? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I um, you know, outside of a couple of articles, I, I don't uh, I don't like it from from just the. Um, just the whole idea of the government being involved in any any of this kind of ridiculous stuff, uh, like uh, you know this whole innovation thing. Of, uh, we're already so far behind in chip making technology. Uh, it's uh, it's ludicrous to think throwing money at it's going to make it uh, all of a sudden. You know, just you know, chips are going to rain down from heaven like manna, and so. Uh, it's first of all you have that issue then you know just the the whole i mean they're just take uh they're just i don't know where to begin they're taking money to throw at innovation innovating in, in high-tech cutting-edge products 
And if somewhere else in the world they're better at doing that than we are, then uh, sorry, that's just the way it goes. I mean, it's not not any different than m many other things. And so, uh, and okay, so what if you're so the the big bad boogeyman China? They get they capture Taiwan, and then all of a sudden, what are they going to do? Hoard the chips? Okay, that was that what they're going to do? That what we're afraid of? Okay, then start start over then. You're starting over now. I mean. Uh, at, at least uh, you might get some refugees out of Taiwan to uh, to put into you know if you would allow them to come into the country. You you can, I know they're not from Mexico, so it's like uh, they're 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 not um, you know m migrant farm workers. So maybe you would have an issue with that. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but. Uh, yeah, you've got to be able to let those people in and and from other countries, too, uh, if, if you're looking for talent. And so but, you know, that's just freedom. That's just looking at freedom. But this whole throwing money away, that's not freedom. That's the opposite of freedom. That's taking money from other people. You're not supposed to. The federal government is not in the chip making business, It's not in the Constitution. They're not in the chip making business. So uh, they don't have that power, and so and I don't put this under security, you know. If if <clears throat> that's just nonsense, yeah, yeah, we need we need to have uh, the best chips around to to uh, you know to uh, guide our guided missiles to their you know appointed target, but uh, you know we're just gonna have to look look for other ways. I'm sorry. Wait, so, so so so. I mean, I think I think most of us, all of us, liberty-minded, libertarians, whatever, will agree that we need an army to defend us, to defend our sovereignty. I think everybody would would agree with that, right, Tim? You, you I, 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 I had, okay. I'm worried about standing armies, and I, I'm siding with the original framers uh, with that worry. A big, huge standing army is not a good thing. Navy's okay. Uh, Marine Corps is part of the Navy. This whole Air Force thing, too, it's, it's kind of land-based stuff. And so, for the most part, so <coughs> I'm not, I'm a little bit worried about the Air Force, too. So, um, you know, I, 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 if you want to have an army, it doesn't have to be so big like ours is, I don't think. Okay, That's well, wait, let me, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me ask a question then. So mm -hmm. you agree, though? That some configuration, whatever it is, whatever the size, some configuration of a military, we need to defend us. You agree with that? Right? Yeah, I, I agree. Agree with that. Yeah, within limitations okay. set forth by so the if, Constitution. So if not, if if the chips, if the chips, the the nanotechnology, yes, that is not available to us or whatever it is, or we don't have enough of it, or we're not making enough of it. Yes. If we if that is not available, is that not a national security threat? Uh, yeah, it, it it is from from that standpoint. But that doesn't say that's not saying that you can take money. Uh, basically, they're going to print the money. We know that. Let's just stop. Yeah, we know that. That doesn't mean that you can indebt future Americans to pay for it, because that's that's not your 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 power is to find the chips somewhere else. You know, if you, if you got to buy them and, and to make them here it, it, or no. To, okay, unless the government, which is not empowered to do, is going to be in the chip making business. What, what they're, they're just, they're all, it's always the same thing. 
they take money out of the economy and then pay private enterprise to make stuff for them. It doesn't matter what if it's asphalt for the for the freeway system, if it's a mailbox for the mailbox system, it's some private entity being paid with money from other. So the government's moving the money from another entity, from one American and giving it to another. And that's essentially what this is. They're moving money from one American, giving it to another. And I don't think they have that power. They can buy the chips. They can buy the chips made here, made somewhere else. That's fine. And that's what they've been doing. But uh, they, they, but to, to be in the business of, of causing the chips to be manufactured. Um, and well, I guess, okay, I guess you can say, well, what about the bullets and the bombs and the planes and the, the submarines? What about those? Those are all caused. You took you took you took the words out of my mouth. I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you yeah. about that. Then. Yeah, yeah, okay. And and you you could make a you could, I guess you could make a good point about that. I guess I made my own counterpoint. Yeah, um, you did. You did. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, in, in general, Tim. In general, I agree with you. I agree with you about the government being part of this innovation of chips and all that kind of stuff and all the nanotechnology that's involved. I mean, the, gov the government is not innovative at doing nothing, okay? The only, yeah. uh, they're not even good at taking money from one group of citizens and giving it to another. They, they do a lousy job at even doing that. But, mm -hmm. but if there is a national security threat with these issues about the chips, what should we do about it? Yes, on one hand, we have liberty and freedoms and all that kind of stuff and, and, and what the government is entitled what does the constitution allow the government to do on one hand we have those things and on the other hand we have the national security threat which the, the federal government is certainly entitled to take care of they okay are well authorized. they are authorized they are authorized to do that so where do okay. those two things come together all right okay okay let's assume that that's correct that they are authorized to like you said to use your words to take care of that so what role are they playing when they come to the to, the, to that issue of taking care of it are they some government entity kind of coming up with these new ideas or I mean, where, where are the new ideas for, the, for these chips coming? Well, I, I think most likely what's happening is they're just subsidizing the industry. So they're essentially giving free money to incentivize them to build the stuff here. I think that's most likely that's, what's that's happening. That's the intent. No, that's yeah. exactly the intent. Well, it's not, yeah. it's okay. not free money. It's not free money. Okay, we working our ass off. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. But, but yeah. from their perspective, it's free money. <laughs> they just have to <laughs> fill out the right government form, and it just rains our money down on them. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So, I was just going to say, you know, may, maybe though one way to think about this first before showering them with our money, <laughs> um, maybe we ought to think about uh, what could we be doing that makes it more attractive just for people to do business here? Because I was just looking at the uh, uh, the per capita income, the purchasing power parity that's listed out there. And in Taiwan, it's not that much uh, different than what it is here in the U.S. So why are these things being made in Taiwan and not here in the first place? And right. I'm guessing it's probably because we have a lot of stupid government rules that if we could just get rid of some of those uh these things might be being built here in the yeah. first place so i don't yeah. know just, a, just a thought yeah yeah I, I don't know i mean the chip makers in the united states are the losers they're the ones way they're way back in the pack as far as yeah. the new technological chip development 
So we're, we're giving more that. money to the losers. Okay, is that what we're? Is that our great great idea here? And <laughs> so I'm I'm worried about. Okay, so I'm I'm going to side with Leon and say we've got to do something about this from a national security standpoint. I know uh, the Marine Corps is looking into high technology and and uh, changing everything in the Marine Corps in their um, Force Design 2030 program. And so that is going, you know, and I'm, I'm warming up to that program more and more. And that's all about what Leon's talking about here, about, about moving forward with high technological uh, uh, solutions to, to, these, um, to these defensive problems as they come up in the future. And I want these, you know, I want the Navy and the Marine Corps and all, all the, other, uh, the other guys, the Army and the Air Force, and uh, that I don't like so much, but I, I want them to be able to, um, you know, to be in front here, not not back in the pack. So, um, so I don't know how's throwing <laughs> throwing money into the companies that are way behind going to bring them up. I don't know. I mean, I mean the whole the whole concept that we have the whole concept of the of the chip act is a stupid idea, Tim. I totally agree with you on that. It's a very very stupid idea. My only point is, is that I think the federal government is authorized to um to defend defend our sovereignty. Okay. Okay. And, yeah. Right. I'll go with that for sure. Right. So if they authorize yeah. to defend our sovereignty and those not not having chips, not having those chips or that nanotechnology, if that right. is not if if they don't have that available to them, then I don't know how they will fulfill that constitutional obligation. I mean, right. okay. continue. Uh, all right. continue. That is that is my only point. Well, one okay, thing I, that's I a good say, point. I, I agree with that. Okay, go ahead, Jason. One thing I can say is it would, would help our defense. We realize we're over thirty trillion dollars in debt, so if they would quit <laughs> wasting our money on everything, <laughs> I think that might well, help us a little to be on sounder footing for our own defense. Yeah, here. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, um, and to, uh, okay, so I'm a bit of a Marine Corps fanboy, but. Uh, not that I was ever involved, but uh, directly. But um, so in the Force Design 2030 uh, verbiage of people, you know, defending it and talking about it, and the people behind it, they're they're bringing up that that we have to keep our our spending within budgetary constraints. So you know, while the Army and the Air Force <laughs> that I like to beat up on, they don't care about restraint, you know, budgetary restraint. The, but but the the evil stepchild, the Marine Corps, because they get all the hand-me-downs, you know, they're, they're, uh, they, they get all the, the leftovers from everybody else and they have to work within a budget. They're used to it. So they're, they're looking forward and going, Hey, we got to, we have budgetary constraints and we have, you know, things to do, and this is how we're going to have to do it. That's basically what it boils down to. So at, at least there's, one branch of the services that's got that uppermost in their mind and are, are doing are already doing changes in 2022 that are that are that are going to uh, occur between now and 2030 so it should be all in place by then. Yeah. well e even even if I, 
we do have one fiscally responsible uh, area of the Just military. One. I think the <laughs> other the other areas might sink them. <laughs> there we go uh, with all their spending. Uh, but but anyway, so let's. Uh, I think we've That's just true. about sunk this topic. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move on to the next topic. And um, and this one is kind of an interesting topic, uh, especially since we don't get a chance in, in uh, all these crazy times with the, just the insanity of Democrats. Uh, we don't get to talk too much about uh, things to be critical about Republicans for. And I'm not quite sure that we're all going to be on the same page on this uh, one. But um, Ron DeSantis recently suspended uh, a, an elected district attorney because he didn't like the way he was or or in this case wasn't doing his job <laughs> so uh this uh, sounds like a a, a a uh prosecutor that was in the cut from the same cloth as uh, uh what's that guy's name in uh, Paul, LA Paul Gasco or George Gascon Gascon yeah Gascon. so uh, essentially you know somebody who just wasn't uh you know prosecuting enough people and putting him in jail and it you know sounded like you know maybe they were having some crime issues there that uh you know he didn't feel like were being addressed and they used uh some uh i guess uh, aspect of florida law that allowed uh, the uh the governor to suspend the da if they didn't think they were fulfilling the duties of the office i think so uh but anyways it's a raise a question i mean if the voters wanted that person in there and they like that type of governance uh should the governor really be coming in and removing that person what do you guys think about this well as a philosophical idea as uh as a philosophical idea i i do not like the actions of of Ron DeSantos in this particular case, okay? He's a very good governor. He does a great job. But in this particular case, I do not like his idea philosophically. However, okay, because I do not think, I think elected officials are only responsible to the voters, okay? If the voters put you there, whatever nonsense you choose to do, well, that's that's on the voters. And no, no authority should be able to remove you from office unless you know there's some sort of malfeasance that you could directly point to and then you could be impeached okay that to me should be the process however in this particular case the florida constitution allows the santos to do this so i don't think he's out of bounds in doing what he did but philosophically i can't agree with it because i think this man should only be responsible to the voters now he's one of these George Soros um, um, district attorneys that we have all over the country. We have one in LA, Philadelphia, um, St. Louis. We have them all over the country. Uh, Alvin Bragg in, in, in Manhattan, same thing. They are not enforcing the law. And when, they, when people are arrested, they are not charging them with appropriate crimes and they're turning them loose. And they're turning them loose on the people that they are elected to protect. People like us, me and you. That is the people that they're turning them loose on. And this is a real, real problem. But if the voters choose these people, if the voters choose these people to run their show, to run their judicial systems that are in play, then we have to abide by it. Otherwise, we end a banana republic. So in this particular case, even though I like Randy Santos as a governor, I think I can't agree with it philosophically, but I know he has the backing of the Florida Constitution in his actions. 
Well, if he has the backing of the Constitution, you know, shouldn't he be able to do that to step in? We were talking about how so many of these uh, of uh, citizens, you know, shooting uh, in self-defense because of the increase in crime. And we're well, you know, it's because partly because they're they're letting criminals go. So uh, maybe DeSantis is, is trying to prevent that. And I didn't know any, you know, at first, I mean, I agree 100% with what Leon's saying, but if it's in the Constitution, then maybe he's just reluctantly doing this because it goes against his philosophical grain. But at the same time, he's responsible for, for uh, the safety of the citizens of Florida. And he's within yes. his rights, if he is. And, you know, maybe you and I both would do the same thing if we were in his position. Wouldn't well, we? quite, quite frankly, I would. I mean, if, if I have the okay. backing of the Constitution, even though philosophically yeah. I disagree with I disagree with what what he did. But if mm-hmm. we if we have the backing of the Florida Constitution, hell, I would do it. I would do it. I would, if I okay. had the backing of the Constitution, all of these George Soros, the district attorneys we have sprinkled all over the country, I would get rid of all of them if I could. As long as I have some authority to do so yeah gotcha all right all right fair enough well keep in mind too that with desantis uh this isn't the only thing he's done that's it's sort of a little on the authoritarian conservative side uh you know he's he's done some things with education like uh forcing that certain ideas be taught in school and other things now granted and i'm i'm not like complaining if i could swap him with our governor here in california i'd do it in a heartbeat <laughs> so, so you know i mean I, I, I much prefer what he's doing but as a libertarian Gavin Newsom, I think you are, you are a terrorist or an extremist for making such a statement, Jason, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I just, just wanted to say, though, that, I mean, there are some things as a libertarian that I think are a little bit concerning about DeSantis, uh, you know, pushing certain preferences that are, you know, just happen to be on the conservative side uh, on people. So, but I mean, he, he largely is responding to just insanity of the left. So, I mean, that's, that's just, uh, well, yeah. you know, you know, Jason, even in that article, in that article that you, that you sent off uh, in preparation for this show, I mean, the word authoritarian was used in describing DeSantos' actions. I can't see how we could even use that word <laughs> if the man has something that he can point to that, that, that gives him the authority to do this. I mean, it's not that he just dream up something and say, "Oh, we're gonna get get rid of the, the the district attorney." He has he has the authority to do so, even though philosophically I disagree with it. So I can't see I can't see the use of the word authoritarian in this context. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it, it's it's a kind of a tough call because you know if if it was some guy who just like literally wasn't showing up to work and he was out vacationing like some of these congressmen that you occasionally hear about, right? um, then yeah, I mean it, I, that seems like what the Constitution was designed for, you know, there in Florida to get rid of somebody who's just completely derelict in their duty. But yeah. if it's uh, just a different philosophy and therefore they're not doing their job, but if that's kind of what the voters voted for it just it does feel a little uh, uneasy like you're you're kind of maybe you know getting it's almost like you know man if voters really want this garbage you almost feel like man well like maybe they deserve to get it good and hard (laughs) 
I guess, sadly, we're seeing a lot of that in California where the majority are insane. And, you know, we, yeah. we just happen to be uh, hopefully some lonely voices of reason here trying to, trying to break the spell. I mean, I, the stuff we're seeing in some of these cities, it's like uh, Walgreens having to close and stuff because the, the, exactly. the, the DAs and the police just aren't enforcing anything. And some of these are laws that are in place that are just literally saying that, hey, they don't have to do anything if it's below $950. Uh, and and that makes you wonder, too, because I hear uh, some Democrats talking about, well, from what we've, we've seen, these images where crime may be bad, but the numbers just aren't as bad as people are making it out to be. Well, if people know that there's not going to be any enforcement, is anything even being reported? Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. You know, when a guy rolls through a Walgreens and just fills mm-hmm. up his bag and walks out, walks is that up. even reported as a crime? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. 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 That's, it's that's, not a, it's a not a crime. Yeah. It's not a crime, apparently. But but in, in you know you know the, the, the voters in in, in, in um in San Francisco, the voters rebelled against the idea the, the um Chester um, Bodine or whatever the hell mm-hmm. the name was, and they recalled them. Now they're trying to recall um Gascon in um in, in Los Angeles, which is great. I think the voters, if they elected a person, that is where that is where they should um that is where the action should come from in terms of removal from office. Not from like a governor or anything like that. That's my view philosophically. But you know, the whole point about this thing about the Florida Constitution and the dereliction of duty, who decides what exactly is a dereliction of duty? It is true all over all over the country, all over in whether well, in the federal government, prosecutors use their discretion in determining what crimes they will charge and what they don't charge. And they, you know, they make deals in terms of in terms of plea bargains in terms of who, what they're going to charge someone with and those sort of things. I know all of those things happen. So who decides what is the dereliction of duty? If a DA if a DA makes a deal with somebody, well, I'll charge you a lesser charge if you will cooperate with me on, on, um, uh, with, to, to get some bigger fish, is that a dereliction of duty? So who, def- who decides what dereliction of duty is? So that's where the complication begins. So when the governor takes action, like the governor did in, in Florida, when he takes action... Even though he's authorized to do so, what is dereliction of duty? What, what, what? Who decides that? The guys might be thinking he's doing his job, right? He might be acting within prosecutorial discretion, but the Santos, on the other hand, may see that was his dereliction of duty. If you're not going to enforce the law as as prescribed by a legislator, who knows? Well, I think uh, that uh, we've just about done that one to death, too, and we're ready for our knucklehead noise patrol. So uh, this one, we're, we're kind of going uh, back into the past to uh, hear what some of these people were saying before inflation started. And, uh, you know, now to see uh, uh, if, if they're sticking by those words or, or, you know, how those words are playing out. And in this case, we have a 2019 speech from Elizabeth Warren um, where she was talking about uh, what she would do if she were president. I guess this was when she thought there might be a chance that she'd uh, run for president. And she actually said, uh, let's see if I can find the spot here. Um, Yeah, so uh, essentially what she had said was that... uh, 
Uh, she wanted a Federal Reserve Board uh, with members that believe in full employment, uh, who recognize that inflation fears have been overblown for years, uh, and who are willing to let wages grow. So, uh, you know, this is one of these problems with the dual mandate that the Federal Reserve, as we've talked about this before, it's like you, you've You've literally got one button and it's, you know, how you're going to manage the money supply. And yet you've got to these competing goals of, of full employment versus, uh, you know, price stability. And they're not the same thing. So, you know, any mathematician should be able to just tell you that <laughs> there's not enough, uh, <laughs> there's not enough variables here to to uh you know uh, to control the multiple outcomes that you're after uh but but anyways um it's uh you know clearly inflation she didn't think that was an issue and this was the same thing for uh, many other democrats as well um and well i tell you i mean uh, you know will will the media or anybody hold her to account uh, mm-hmm. will they hold any of the other democrats to account who said hey look inflation not a big deal uh people like paul krugman and his krugmanomics uh, what do you guys think about this well the media the media the, especially the mainstream media is nothing but the the um the the the, the mouthpiece for the left and for the Democratic Party. So they're not going to hold Elizabeth Warren or Paul Krugman or any one of these people accountable for their ridiculous statements of the past. They will never they will never do so, okay? Or even their ridiculous statements of the present. They will never do so because they have chosen sides. They have chosen sides. They're going to push the Democratic Party and all their, and all their nonsensical, all their garbage, whether it's woke stuff or otherwise, they're, they're going to they're gonna push it. They're going to ram it down our throats as much as they can. So they will never hold anyone accountable. Forget that. <laughs> well, um, yeah, yeah, I think she's right that inflation fears have been overblown for decades because they have, uh, yeah, up until recently, at least. And uh, uh, they've been, I don't know how, I mean, I, I've been fearing inflation for years, for decades, and nothing's happened until recently until the last two years and um so you know she's she's got some basis there and not so what she's basically saying is is that she wants and i'm sorry i, I was afraid this is going to happen i have to take this call <laughs> okay. i've got to go well I'm going to push back uh, just a little bit on on one of these uh, uh, things that Tim was saying there. Before I had to go, and thank goodness he's not there to respond. <laughs> That's the best time to yeah, yeah. come at somebody. But uh, but anyways, uh, you know, even though it's true that uh, you know that we have been waiting for. Uh, I guess, inflation for quite a while with the amount of debt we've been racking up and the increases in the money supply. Um, you know, the the other way to think about this as well, too, is that um, perhaps uh, had we not been uh, pushing this this programmed inflation in, uh, prices would be lower. So, I mean, you know, we would actually have uh, at cheaper prices uh, on things. So our money would be worth more. You know, uh, yes, we just have more yes. purchasing power uh, had the government not been involved in these things. And we see this with electronics that in spite of all of the the in inflation that government purposely pushes in, uh, you know, electronics keep getting cheaper and cheaper. So it's a Indeed. real testament Indeed. that 
you know, right. some of these industries uh, can can somehow get by. But, you know, it's just been crazy land in the last few years with Democrats literally both shutting down production with COVID at the same time uh, shoveling money into the economy. <laughs> so, you know, more money chasing fewer goods. Uh, you you right. couldn't put a better recipe in for inflation. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I mean, I mean, I think, I think, I, in general, Jason, I think I agree with that point. I mean, I, um, I, I feel that, um, that you know, inflation, of course, is like Friedman says, always, as always, a monetary, uh, a monetary phenomena. So it, it, I, I, I would, in general, agree with what, um, what you just said. I, I, I don't have any problem with it. Yeah. Well, I guess that's about the end of our show then today. Uh, so, uh, boy, I tell you, it's crazy times, but uh, do what you can to try and stay free, and uh, hopefully we will see you at the next one. Indeed. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, always and forever. Thank you for listening to the Knuckleheads of Liberty podcast. Find us on Facebook, Rumble, YouTube, your favorite podcast network, and at knuckleheadsofliberty.com.